What is up, Hype Squad? It's Patricia Hartley, and it's time for your Late Night Hype. On this Tuesday, November the 26th, 2019, and we broadcasting live, baby, from the OSI Black and Gold Studio here in Orlando, Florida, and this is your Late Night Lineup. Up first, today, we get to know our guest co-host, Miss Crystal Richards, an alumni from the University of Central Florida, and in Hype Squad Chronicles, we help a college couple determine if moving in together is the best option. Plus, we recap on the UCF Miss Black Student Union pageant, the AMA Awards, T.I.'s interview on Red Table Talk, Omarion's tour without B2K, and more. We then wrap it up with our late night hype empowerment quote of the day. Now, please remember that while late night hype focuses on higher education, we are in no way affiliated with any college or university, but here at Late Night Hype, we do encourage all of our listeners to reach higher. And we want you to weigh in hype squad yes we do just use your name hashtag late night hype and that's night with a k and follow us on soundcloud for immediate notifications now hype squad you know what time it is baby it's time to get to know our guest co-host she hails baby from the university testing center a department that strives to meet the needs of ucf students prospective students alumni and the greater orlando metropolitan area by providing a wide variety of testing services to foster excellence in higher education and create opportunities for success ladies and gentlemen put your hands together for miss crystal rich it has it's been a while but i've known you actually since i've stepped foot onto the ucf campus yes, yes it's so been it's a while. Been, yeah it's it has been, been it has been we're not in the same building anymore you know <laughs> i know that's, i, I think that's you. a part of it that's a part of it so i know that we catching up and i know crystal but you may not know her so i'm gonna just have her tell our audience a little bit about yourself and then why you went to college yeah all right so I came to UCF in 2006. I came in as a first-generation SOAR student. Oh, you were through the SOAR program. I did. Okay, that's a summer bridge program for those who do not know. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes, yes. I went through the SOAR program 2016, or sorry, 2006. Okay. I started as a federal federal work study student at UTC, and I happened to just move my way up into the role that I am now, yes. which is a coordinator at the testing center. Um, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to really assist with helping students reach their next milestones in life. So yeah. wherever that is. Yeah. And well, I'll ask you a little bit more about the testing center a little bit later, but why don't you tell um, our audience about your experience being a first generation student? It's different. Okay. You come onto campus and you have no idea what to expect. And there's so it's it's kind of overwhelming in a sense you know because there's so much to do there's so much to know and you're feeling like shocked when you step foot on campus yeah um so coming in through the soul program truly did help me because i was able to come in with students similar to me being first generations and so forth and being able to come in that summer that first summer and really getting to know campus was so impactful for when i started my first fall okay you know ucf is huge so your first semester on campus there are literally 60 plus thousand students on campus whereas if you started in the summer there's probably only five thousand students on campus 
Yeah. So getting to know campus before everyone else did, that was major. huge. That yeah. was major. And I like the fact that you talked about the program, which is the SOAR program that you came mm-hmm. in under. Now, a lot of the times when people um, come onto campus, sometimes they have trouble, you know, finding those groups. But when you come into a program like SOAR, you kind of already have an affiliate group of students to kind of connect with. Do you say that that program allowed you to sort of make friends as well before the fall semester began? Oh, of course. Okay. Yes, yes. Awesome. We were able to room with our SOAR program oh. students. So I was able to see them all the time. We had group tutoring, group homework sessions. It was or we were always together. Okay. And thankfully, to this day, there are some people who I came through the SOAR program with that I still keep in contact with. So it's been really, it's been a while, but it's it's good to see that we still have that connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know the SOAR program has evolved um, a lot since probably you mm-hmm. were in the program, and I think um, I know that we still have the summer access program. Um, but I think it's like a combination of yes, SOAR, and then it was also another area I think as well that kind of came together but the access program at UCF does still exist and many universities actually have access programs and for people who um, may not be familiar with like summer bridge programs or access programs um, they're just programs that allow students to basically kind of get ahead of the game Um, they get to spend a significant amount of time maybe a summer or so with a cohort of students and then they will begin the semester together that following semester based off their success from the summer yeah yeah so shout out to anybody who's been a part of a summer bridge program you better go the SOAR 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Class 06 SOAR, baby, you better know. Did y'all have a hand sign or anything? Uh, I wish. Dang, oh, no, that's a gang. It sounds like I a know. gang, you know? This was all pre-social media. Ah. You know, pre-social media. It's a little bit different, right? Yeah, very, very different. I was in college when Facebook came out, so I don't know if y'all need to know all of that stuff, but I was. <laughs> I was in college when Facebook came out, and I'm so very grateful to God that there was no Facebook when I was in high school, and that there was no Facebook when I was in middle school. Oh, gosh. And Definitely not in elementary, but I feel like my mom was pretty strict, so I wouldn't have been able to do it in elementary anyway. But <laughs> middle school and high school, child, I would have nobody's job right now. So speaking of job and working, how did you start working in the field of higher education and what is it like to basically work your way up? You started off as a work-study student? Yes. Holla at you, girl. Tell me what um, happened. So I started in the testing center um, February 2012. I'll never forget it. It was honestly my first office job. Okay. I found it on the federal work-study portal. I came in for my interview. I really liked the people I interviewed with. Becky, my director, was one of them. Shout so out to Becky. I know. <laughs> so coming in, it was it was a different role. I started off kind of like behind the scenes. Um, when I graduated my first year there, so in 2012, I graduated with my BS, um, they asked me to stay on board as an office assistant. And I was like, of course. Like, I had no other plans. I didn't know <laughs> what I wanted to do. So, so I was perfect. like, Look, all right, let me, you're going to keep me on board. I'll keep working type yeah. of a thing. Um, once you stay on board, you end up getting more responsibilities. People are able to see what you're capable of and yeah. they're able to offer you more opportunities. So I moved from a federal work study student assistant to an office assistant. And then and probably 2014 I was promoted to a program assistant so a salaried role my first time ever having the tuition benefits and all of those things hello I know (laughs) I spent a couple years in that role and then I got promoted again to the coordinator role which is what I'm in now wow and Honestly, I feel like I have done my biggest growth and my biggest transformation working in higher education Mm -hmm. just because of the amount of people you interact with, the students, the parents, the faculty, the advisors. I've been the most challenged at UTC. Yeah. 
and it's just it's it's so different than any other industry I would say that I have been in and yeah. I've been in like the theme park the retail I haven't done restaurants but okay it's just so different being and working in higher education compared to most other fields I will admit that and I think that the people don't realize just the variety of opportunities in higher education there's an HR opportunity there's opportunities to work you know with students there's opportunities to work with um just specific populations of students right. like um, international students, international students. Yeah. yeah and there's so many different areas and oh my gosh. there's trainings diversity like this exactly. we can get into even more detail <laughs> than we can talk about the faculty side versus the staff side versus the student side I mean we can really get into detail right. if we wanted to but there's a lot of opportunity <laughs> in higher education I agree that I've learned so much as well mm-hmm. since I've been working in the field too so um Tell us a little bit about your experience working in the University Testing Center. So I know that we have these different areas on campus that may be different from each other, but how is the University Testing Center maybe different from other areas on campus? So the Testing Center is different for a couple of reasons. The first is we do no UCF classroom exams, and I know that seems counterintuitive. Um, What our Testing Center do administer exams for would be national and state standardized exams like certifications uh, such as the Florida teacher certification exam um, and all of the uh, like MCATs, uh, LSATs, GREs, TOEFLs, things like that. All of those are truly some of the exams that we do. Um, in addition to that, what sets us apart is our department, and I don't even know if I'm supposed to share this, but Uh-oh. I'm going to say it anyway. Exclusive, <laughs> Please know this is an exclusive. <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to say this, but, but? Our, our department gets zero funding from the university. So we are self-sustaining by the revenue that we generate. Did you hear that, baby? That we get. Uh-uh. <laughs> How many students they got, boo, but we generate our income? Uh, right. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, yes. So everything, including my position, anything from copy paper, printer, like everything that we have in our office is the only reason we're able to get it is because we were able to um, proctor exams and give exams okay. to other students and community members um, and that's how we were able to purchase those items. Now some departments only cater to students. Right. Your department is a little bit different. So yes. who do you cater to? We are on campus for UCF students but uh-huh. we do also serve a large uh, population of community members so those who are maybe all have been a teacher for 20 years and now it's time to get recertified so okay. here is a algebra teacher who's been teaching for so long coming in to get recertified for their test we mm-hmm. also have students who are currently working towards the BS um, and maybe want to become a teacher in the state of Florida so here they are taking their tests and they have no experience so Oh, wow. We have a population from as low as 13 years old and on upwards. I mean, I would say that we see a lot of community members coming through our center. yeah. And it's not just students. And that's what I love, too, about working at the testing center. You have no idea who you're going to see. You come in and someone's grandma and you're like, oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then also, you may also work on days of the week that maybe others don't or at times that others don't. So talk a a little bit about your Saturdays. So we do offer Saturday testing mostly for specific exams like the test of English as a foreign language so we're talking our international student population um, they will often have a test on Saturday we come in you know bright and early 730 with our smiles on That's what's um, up. the other test that we might give is for 
our counselor ed master's program. Okay. Um, they have a CPCE exam is what it's called um, or abbreviated. Um, but most likely, well, currently, we are not offering a large variety of weekend testing. We tend to stick to Monday to Friday. Um, our office hours are 8 to 5, so that's usually okay. when we're doing testing. We have been exploring the possibility of extending our testing. Um, we do a end of test survey, like a satisfaction survey. Okay. And one of the questions that we're asking um, our test takers are, if you could pick a time to test, what time would you test? And what we're finding is a lot of our test takers are wanting to test um, <clears throat> more during the evening hours or even on Saturdays oh. and Sundays. So we've been exploring that maybe in 2020. Okay, 2020, new vision. Some new uh, testing hours, some new ranges. So we're really excited about that. At least I'm very excited Yeah. That. Yeah, it is. And for test takers, too, um, as a professional, once you start getting into, like, taking the GRE and, like, things like that, especially if you have a professional job and then on top of that you're going to school on the side kind of thing, it it is more convenient for you to have evening testing. And also Saturday and... I know testing centers may not want to hear this, but Sundays (laughs) are also good as well. When I um, was in the process of researching to take the GRE, Mm -hmm. I was going to take it on a Sunday because I felt like that was just, it was a better day for me, but it wouldn't have been a weekday at all. It was either a Saturday or a Sunday. And that's what, and that's tends, and that tends to be the trend in testing. That people want to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, Now I will admit to you that I have to talk to you a little bit about this before I let you go. So there's an organization called NCNW um, on the University of Central Florida's (laughs) campus. They hold a very special place in my heart because they were the first student organization to take a chance on us. They didn't know what kind of podcast we really was going to have. We had to disaffiliate from an institution, which is why we're not directly affiliated with a college or a university. Um, But tell us a little bit about NCNW and your experience as an undergrad and why that organization? Of course. So my, I remember my first meeting with NCNW, I went in and I automatically felt like family. Everyone was so warm, so inviting, and it was so different from any of the clubs I had been to before. I really appreciated the social gatherings they had. Back then we did, like, church visits. We always volunteered, like, every Tuesday. Um, Thankfully, in undergrad, I had the opportunity to serve as president of NCNW for two I was elected president for two years and it was challenging. <laughs> it was an experience. It was. And coming in at that such young age, I, I don't I don't think I've been in that position before. Okay. Working with a diverse group of people. Now I had probably like my first year, I probably had like 14, 16 people on eboard, and that is a lot, That's a lot of, of voices people on eboard. On yeah. eboard. So after my first year with sixteen, I think my second term, I we we were down to probably like eight or ten. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, sometimes you just got to change yeah. stuff. You're like, you know, 16, 8. That's all we need. It's like, what are the most critical roles? What do we actually need? Because too many peas in the pod. It's just too much. Too much. And it, it was hard to make decisions. But NCNW, honestly, I, I've met some of my lifelong friends. I still yes. keep in contact with them now. Yep. And it's just, it's near and dear to me. And even um, still with the Greater Orlando section, I've been trying to get involved with that. I know it was um, deactivated for a while, but I think it's now reactivated. Okay. Um, so I'm looking to get more involved with that now in my postgraduate days. Okay, postgraduate. I love the way you said it. It's so sedity. So sedity. you like, uh, my postgraduate days. My postgraduate days. <laughs> the NCNW is a great organization. It They're is. still thriving on campus. There's a couple of young ladies that because of you and your relationship with them when I first got here, that's the reason why I knew them. So oh. Rebecca Jennison, shout out to yes. her. She's come on more than a couple of times. And she was one of the, she was the first guest. Her and there was another young lady. Um, they were the first two from NCNW to be on the show, period. Yeah. They were the first guests ever. And 
NTW. Major. Sisters, they're, um, they're amazing. Major. Major. <laughs> so I got to ask a personal question before I let you, you go. What is your greatest achievement outside of work? Oh, man. Outside of work. Not inside of work. But what is your greatest achievement outside of work? For me, I would have to say I get the most fulfillment, the most joy out of traveling and exploring. So for me, being able to have been as many places as I've been, mm-hmm. that to me is huge. And I'm not done yet. I want to hear all seven continents. I want to go all the remote extreme places and... I know it seems kind of cliche a little bit to say that, but honestly, I you know, I'm, I'm at work all the time. UCF probably never closes or we hardly closes. So anytime UCF is open, I'm at work. Yeah. So being able to travel, take some time off and just go to a remote or a different place unlike our culture, I think I find it to be the most rewarding. Um, you know, I got to ask, what's, what's your favorite city? To, I know you should have <laughs> known it was coming. You should have known it was coming. What's your favorite city to visit and oh, why? Oh, okay. So I, can I pick more than one? You can pick more than one. Okay. So my favorite city, continental U.S., would be Seattle. First off, continental. <laughs> I can tell you international, baby. All the way. Seattle, I've never gone to Global Seattle. entry card. Go and get it. Okay. <laughs> you gotta tell me more about that. I will. <laughs> um, so Seattle, I don't know. If going into Seattle was just perfect. The weather was perfect. Yeah. The, the scenic background with the mountain in the back it was just it was close to Canada it was close to the port easy to get to um, Asia if you wanted to travel there or, or anything like that it was just the people the culture it was like only it was welcome it was everything about yeah. it. it was just so nice it was the, the the starting the birth of Starbucks one I mean that's, I think that's okay. a given if you coffee yeah. it's thing yeah I love Starbucks um, my other favorite place to be would be Paris But more specifically, there was one tour I did when I was in Paris. It's the bike tour at the Versailles Castle. That honestly, when I think about that trip, that was probably the highlight of my entire trip. It's just riding a bike through this castle that was built you know hundreds of years ago and seeing how it's still like intact how it's so well preserved and like oh my gosh a hundred years from now I would never be able to ride my bike through here you know it's just it's different it's really eye opening and it's you learn a lot not only about yourself but just other cultures as well okay all right I like that I have not gone to Seattle I haven't gone to Paris if you want to go, I will go with you. Okay. I'm you got to talk to me about how you do your travel thing, too. Maybe of give us course. some tips on what to do. I may have to have you on again just about travel. <laughs> just about travel. Now, where can folks get in touch with you for, like, more information? Like, following you on social media? Um, so, the best place to get on uh, contact with me would be Instagram. Rosanna Ivona is my hashtag. Yes. Or my at Rosanna Ivona. Crystal also takes pictures. She did not exactly mention <laughs> that, but she does take photos. And she took me and my mother's first mother-daughter photo shoot. She did that as well in 2016. Ooh, I don't remember. Yeah, it was 2016. <laughs> it was 2016. It was yeah. 2016. So, thank you. Of course. Okay. So, y'all look her up. But then we'll also have an opportunity to recap here a little bit later in the show. All right? Um... You ready to get into this advice column? Yes, it's Hype Squad Chronicles, y'all. It's our advice column where we take a question or concern or topic submitted by the Hype Squad. Now, this question comes from an individual who has just graduated not too long ago at the University of Central Florida. It 
reads, I have been in a relationship with my boyfriend for two years. We met our senior year and have been inseparable ever since. Now that we are both in grad school, we are ready to move in together. While my boyfriend's parents are pretty open to the idea and honestly don't seem to care, my parents do not believe in shacking up and plan to speak to me and my boyfriend about cohabitation during the Thanksgiving holiday. What should I do? I know I always look to the guests first so that they can weigh in um, first. So, Crystal... What is on your mind? And have you ever, can I ask a personal question? Hopefully you'll be willing to answer. Have you ever cohabitated before? No. Thankfully, I've been living by myself Thank for the last <laughs> couple of years and I love it. <laughs> living by yourself is amazing. I yes. will say that. It yes. is amazing. It is amazing. It's a new experience. If you've it never is. done it before, oh my gosh. I was always told that you need to at least turn the key to the lock in your own apartment at least one time in your life. So, yeah, it's the best. It's a great it really feeling. Is. I have cohabitated before, so I will, I can relate to you boo Um, crystal you gotta go first so i guess my response to this is i feel that your the parents are probably feeling a little worried and as parents they should i think if they're going to speak with you during thanksgiving that they probably want to talk to you to see if you guys have worked it all out Mm. right because some some people will start cohabitating but they haven't really worked out like the financial aspects of it and as a parent right yeah you want to make sure that your daughter your son isn't getting in a situation where they're being taken advantage of that's true Um, so i think if they're planning to talk to you all about it i think you need to go in with a plan and say you know mom we've we've talked about it hey dad this is this is what we plan to do we've already worked it all out Mm. um both our names are on the lease and nobody is not one party is responsible we're both responsible right yeah and I think that's what the parents are, are really wanting to see. And I think if you're able to show them that, they'll be like, okay, you, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned something called like shacking up. So my mom uses, she's used that term before, but it was typically because, um, you know, you weren't married to the individual, yes. right? So most of the time, if you're married to somebody, you know, of course you move in and it's not, it's not called shacking up. It's, you're supposed to live together because you're married. Right. Um, so maybe if your parents are really, um, I'd say religious or maybe even Christian taking that into consideration so that when you and your boyfriend get in front of your parents, you can just be very patient about and hear them out. I agree with Crystal. Parents are just concerned about Am I, is my child being taken advantage of? Is this person somebody going to be with forever, baby? Or are you moving in with somebody that you ain't even going to be forever with, right? Because right. if you ain't never, <laughs> ever, then why move in together, exactly. right? So maybe they're trying to confirm this is the person. This is my person. I'm supposed to be with them for the rest of my life. I want to move in with them. Y'all are also in graduate school. That's something else. Um, you kind of, it sounds like, been able to, yes, transition from that undergraduate into graduate school. It sounds smooth. From what you told us so far. Um, but I agree with Crystal. I think you should just have your plan together and hear them out at Thanksgiving. Yes. Like, be prepared to hear them out. And even if you don't agree, don't leave with no tension like that. Exactly. Don't leave with no tension. Just y'all make your decision because you're going to make your decision no matter what. Because when it comes to love, I can promise you, you can't tell us nothing. I don't care how old you are, what color, what race, I don't matter what your pronoun is. You cannot tell us nothing when it comes to love. So you're going to do what you want to do anyway. However, the responsible way is I feel to hear your parents out. Um, also go in, like Crystal said, with your own plan and then um, be prepared to make that decision and live with the decision no matter what the decision is. Oh, it is hard. Hard it's definitely a hard decision. Yeah. It was, I wouldn't say it was hard for me, but <laughs> it, it, it 
it definitely changes things though so keep that in mind as well oh yeah yeah it does it does and be responsible so that's all I got to say and don't forget to get your degree that's what you came here for yes. is to get your degree alright and if you have a question need advice or just have a topic that you'd like for us to discuss on the show be sure to DM us on Instagram or Twitter at late night hype and that is night with a K okay I think it's time to go ahead and get into this late night hype did you watch the AMAs I did not the American Music Awards I don't often watch the AMAs and I did not get a chance to catch it this year but of course I got clips I got Twitter so I basically was in on it and didn't realize I was in on it (laughs) and before I talk too deep about the um, AMAs I must pay homage to the tiny purse that Lizzo had it was a true winner of the night the Truth Hurts singer hit the 2019 AMA Awards in a one-shouldered orange ruffled mini dress but all eyes was on her impossibly small purse says Huffington Post and anybody who's seen the photo of the star of course in LA would definitely agree the custom Valentino bag is one of three in existence according to the singer she also joked that she squeezed a lot into the purse talking about I got tampons in here a flask of tequila some condoms <laughs> etc Lizzo also had a powerful performance to go along with her powerful purse so shout out to Lizzo and of course the other winners of the night as well did you you saw her outfit on the oh my gosh yes I love Lizzo why me right till they gotta be great sorry that's my favorite part um <laughs> Variety.com reports that the American Music Awards took place at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles, California on Sunday night with Post Malone, Billie Eilish, and also Ariana Grande leading the nominees with six nods each. Um, This year, country artist Taylor Swift, though, surpassed Michael Jackson's record for most AMA wins of all time with her 24th and 25th win at the show. So congrats goes out to Taylor. And also the other winners of the night included favorite rap hip-hop song Lil Nas X featuring Billy Ray Silas, Old Town Road. Um, favorite rap hip-hop album went to Post Malone for Hollywood's Bleeding. Um, favorite rap hip-hop artist went to Cardi B. And then favorite, of course, female artist went to who else but Lady B herself, and that's Beyonce. Shout out to Beyonce. She been hiding on us a little bit. I know. But she been coming up. Listen, B, we see you posting photos at like 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, I see it. You looking good. Yeah, she looked good when she went to... Jay-Z had his... um. Oh, he had an event and she went and she looks great. Foundation. She looks great. Yeah. Foundation. Something like that. Something like that. Um, T.I. So I got to get in on T.I. Have you heard about T.I.'s interview that he did on Red Table Talk? About his daughter? About, well, he did. He made them comments about his daughter before <laughs> he got on Red Table Talk. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But I want to talk to you about his Red Table Talk. Uh-huh interview did you have a chance to see it? i did not i did have a chance to see it note that this is only part one um but i also referenced an article and this article comes from washington post if you remember earlier in the month ti caught heat for making a comment about attending his daughter's annual exams and ensuring that the doctor checked her hymen as many of you may have already heard ti then went on the red table talk with jada pinkett smith um to in his words clear up any misconceptions that have been surrounding how we interact as parents. In the interview, T.I. asked, what is the purpose and place of a father in society? Because a father like myself, who just wants to be as involved and attentive as possible, we could draw the conclusion of, we just donate sperm and come pay for things and we don't get to have no say in how things are handled. Well, Jada responded, with i don't think anybody has a problem with you protecting your daughter that's not the issue it's the hymen part smith later asked if ti understood the sensitivity sensitivity of the situation and why so many people were quick to criticize his actions ti responded that he didn't at the time but 
Now he does. And while T.I. did apologize to his daughter publicly, everybody is still in an outrage about his interview with Jada, who still had to break some things down for T.I., including the definition of patriarch of a family, um, a word T.I. has missed in the dictionary. The second half of the interview will air on tomorrow, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. T.I., as I stated before, you are a public figure. You cannot be embarrassing your daughter like that. Right. Period. That's one, just because you are famous. That's a part of it. And the fact that she now has to live with that, because I don't know when the heat is going to die down, because it just came back up again because she was on Red Table Talk. <laughs> so it didn't kind of, <laughs> it didn't go away. It just kind of came back. But I think it's understandable that men in general, they're going to feel some type of way about um, their children. More specifically, it seems their daughters. There is just that connection or that relationship between a father and a daughter that is just... You know, it's untouchable. We get that. But you do have to take into consideration that you are a father and you're not any father, T.I. You acting like you are a one-hit wonder rapper, boo. Like, you're not. You got, like, albums on top of albums. You got a reality TV show, like the Family Hustle. Like, you know, you got connections in the ATL, like, not only in the industry, but also on the street. Let's be real, T.I. Come on now. (laughs) You should not have embarrassed your daughter, but I'm so glad that you did apologize. Mm Mm-hmm. So glad you apologized about that. Um, and then Petty or Nah. So people are talking about Omarion and how he is going on the Millennium Tour basically without B2K. <laughs> this could be because Omar- Omarion um, is maybe upset at the fact that Fizz is dating his ex baby mama, mother of his child. Her name is April Jones. And ever since it was revealed that Fizz was dating Omarion's ex and downplaying their friendship, fans were wondering how O was going to react. Well, I think we know now. An Instagram post that clearly has a rockin' lineup includes Omarion, Bow Wow, Yin Yang Twins, Lloyd, Sammy, Pretty Ricky, Soldier Boy, and Beats. I mean, I'm sorry, and just Omarion because B2K is not included. Um, um, tickets start on Thursday, December the 5th at 10 a.m. local time. That is what um, Omarion posted on his Instagram page. So if you want to know more, just visit Omarion's Instagram page to find mm-hmm. out. But it looks like B2K will not be going on that tour. And that's out of money. I know. Y'all is out of money. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. And shout out to Oprah. She's going to be doing a tour with Weight Watchers and some friends, including Michelle Obama, Lady Gaga, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Kate Hudson. And this is all according to USA Today. Plus, on top of that, um, Oprah's been making her rounds and just kind of talking a little bit more about it, scooping up more people to be a part of the tour. Um, on the tour, Winfrey will hold one-on-one conversations with the superstars. First, with Gaga on January the 4th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I had to... You heard me? I had to put that in there. Mm -hmm. It's in Fort Lauderdale because it's not that far. Um, Winfrey will wrap the tour on March the 6th in Denver with her best friend, Gail King. In addition to the celebrity interviews, each full day wellness event will include Winfrey discussing her own wellness journey, um, a dance exercise from choreographer Julianne. Is it Hugh? Talks from inspirational guest speakers, a pre-show dance party and Weight Watchers customized box lunch. Okay, lunch and interactive concourse aviations. Okay, this sounds good. I'm excited about the 2020 Vision tour that Oprah will be doing. Probably go check it out. Go check. You going for Lauderdale January 4th? Don't go without. I looked at them tickets. Let me know. Okay. All right. Top box office blockbusters according to Box Office Mojo for the week 
this past weekend. Um, number five came midday. It was $4.6 million. 21 Bridges made $9.3 million. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood made $13.3 million. Um, Ford versus Ferrari came in at number two with $15.7 million. And in number one, the animated film Frozen 2 at $130.3 million. Ooh. Dang. That's nice. Nice, nice. And this is time, and now it's time, y'all, for the Late Night Hype updates. The UCF BSU pageant special shout-out to the UCF Black Student Union for inviting me to host their annual pageant on Tuesday, November the 19th. It was an event that was filled with Hollywood and basically Black Girl Magic. All four contestants, Chanel Henry, um, Brianna Peoples, um, Khadijah Galloway, and also Naomi Barden, they did a great job. Congrats to Miss 1969, Miss Chanel Henry, and to Miss Black Student Union, Miss Naomi Barton. All of the contestants showed Ebony elegance and grace on stage. And a special shout out to my um, co-host, Mr. Anaris, UCF alumni. I believe it's class of 2014. I believe um, and definitely a proud alumni. Okay. Um, Got to give another special shout out to the BSU Royal Court. And thank y'all for just allowing me to be a part of this amazing, great program. I appreciate that. All right. Florida colleges and universities, email us a copy of your school flyer and we will post it on our social media accounts. Yep, it's just that simple. Be sure the flyer includes your school, your city, event, date, and we will share it with our followers. Crystal, I think we're nearing to an end. Remind our audience how they can get in touch with you. You can find me on Instagram at Rosina Ivona. You could also find me on Snapchat, Twitter, and Facebook, all with Rosina Ivona. That's right. So look her up um, and be sure to keep in touch. And thank you again, Crystal, for being with us. Thank you for Talking about me. higher education. Finally. I know you're going to have to come back because you got to talk, talk about, about travel. travel. Yes. That should have been <laughs> travel got to be our next topic. Okay. And remember, you can catch us every other Tuesday on SoundCloud. And thank you for your continuous support in over 4,200 SoundCloud plays since our March 2016 debut. And our quote of the day says, do the thing you think you cannot do. That's from Eleanor Roosevelt. Be sure to follow Late Night Hype on SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook using the handle Late Night Hype. And you can also interact with us using the hashtag Late Night Hype, and that's night with a K. Tune in next time for another episode of Late Night Hype. Good night.